Welcome to Well Said, the official storytelling podcast from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Earlier in the semester, we heard from political science professor Jonathan Weiler and global studies associate professor Mark Hetherington about their book, Prius or Pickup, and all their research behind it. If you missed out on that episode, that's okay, but today we'll be continuing the conversation about the political divide in the United States. If you want to hear from Mark and Jonathan about what they believe is at the root of this divide, take a listen to the Well Said podcast episode titled Understanding the Political Divide, released on February 6th, 2019, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's get on with the show. And at some point, we stumbled upon these four parenting questions that are at the heart of the current book that have been out there for a long time to, the scholars have used to measure the concept of psychological authoritarianism. And we started to talk about how those parenting questions could help us think about why Democrats and Republicans have become so divided by the mid-2000s. That's Jonathan. He's talking about the initial phase of research for Prius or Pickup. And those four questions actually became the center of not only the book, but possibly the answer to why our nation feels so strongly divided between political parties. We dove deeper into the implications of those parenting questions that Jonathan mentioned in our earlier episode, but here's a quick review. There are four questions that have been asked of parents in surveys since the 1990s. They're asked to choose from pairs of qualities that they value more for their children. So, for example, choosing between independence and respect for elders, or between self-reliance and obedience. Mark and Jonathan argue that the way parents, or anyone, answers these questions mirrors their political views. And we thought it was fascinating the degree to which how people answered those questions started to tell us so much about their politics. Those four parenting questions don't really tell you anything about how people feel about taxes, um, but they tell you a lot about how people feel about race, gay rights, gender, family structure, immigration. And so when those issues came to dominate the political agenda, those four parenting questions became the key for unlocking what divided us as Democrats and Republicans. And those issues, race, gender, immigration, those are the topics that have divided the country so deeply. They're also the topics that tend to be in the spotlight the most, especially during campaign season. And according to Mark and Jonathan, the heightened exposure of these issues mixed with politics leads to Americans more strongly identifying with a particular political party. Political scientists talk about party ID party identification, but to speak in terms of identity is a way of showing how deeply we feel these affiliations that we have as Democrats or Republicans, as liberals or conservatives. And it very much feels to most Americans now like it's a life or death struggle. It's not a matter of intellectual or policy-based disagreement. And I do think that identity and worldview, as we say, um, is, is at the heart of why we feel so intensely about 
about our political differences and why we think the other side, you know, as we say, they're not just wrong, they're dangerous. Our identities are so driven by how negatively we feel about our opponents. You know, one of the odd things that's happened in this period of polarization is that we don't love our own side any more than we used to. But what we really have grown to do is hate the other side. Republicans' feelings about the Democratic Party are worse than their feelings about atheists. Uh, Democrats' feelings about the Republican Party are worse than their feelings about Christian fundamentalists. Politics has always had some us-versus-them feelings, but Mark and Jonathan argue these feelings are getting stronger and more defined. For many, it's challenging to trust someone who affiliates with another political party, or sometimes even believe they could possibly be a good person. You know, Jonathan and I, were both big sports fans. You know, he likes the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. And I like the Red Sox. He hates the Red Sox. It's fine to hate the Red Sox if you're a Yankees fan and, you know, to root against the, the Red Sox. It's a different story when we're rooting against the country. You know, right now, I don't feel like Democrats are so much rooting for the country to have success under Donald Trump. And Republicans were not rooting for the country to recover from the economic crisis of 2008, 2009, because that would have been good for the Democrats. We have a real problem in the country because of all these negative feelings. So these assumptions we make about others because of their political affiliations run pretty deep. Mark and Jonathan learned that even our personal possessions can cause others to stereotype us. You know, these all of these non-political tastes and preferences are also just such clear political signals nowadays. Do you tell me what kind of food or beer you like? And I download a whole bunch of associations about you and how you see the world and who you probably voted for. And, and so we... All of these things reinforce each other so powerfully um, that it, it's it's both about politics and it's much deeper than politics. You know, I had um, one of my graduate students uh, did this interesting categorization experiment where she found that young people, at least these were college students, the subjects, they had an easier time connecting the Republican Party to Duck Dynasty than they did the Republican Party to being pro-life on abortion. They had an easier time connecting yoga to the Democratic Party than they did being pro-choice on abortion. It's not like abortion's an obscure issue. Um, but, you know, these cues, these social cues that um, these tastes, you know, convey. And, you know, just imagine, you know, you see someone with a Duck Dynasty t-shirt and you're a Democrat. You look at that person and say, that person doesn't have anything in common with me. And what is important about that is that, you know, it also, I think, causes Republicans and Democrats to look across at their opponents and just look at them and think, I don't have anything in common with you. You are an alien. You, you know, we don't agree about politics, sure, but you don't even drink the right beer. You don't drink you know, the right coffee. You don't drive the right car. I just don't understand you at all. Admit it. You felt this way, right? You've looked at someone in a Prius and made assumptions or stereotyped someone driving a pickup truck. Get what Mark and Jonathan were going for in their book title now? Mark and Jonathan don't blame social media for causing the deep divide in the nation. It was happening well before Mark Zuckerberg even enrolled at Harvard. But they have observed that it's not helping the problem either. 
most Facebook networks, I think, are like-minded. But if the odd person enters your feed who's not like-minded, there's a good chance that they are more opinionated or more extreme than other people on that side. And if that's your only exposure to them, it's going to reinforce your more extreme understanding of how the other side sees the world. And in a way that matters, and in a way it doesn't, because if people's impression is that the other side is extreme or crazy, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter whether they get their percentages right. Is it really only 5% or 40%? We just think, well, there, there goes the other side again with their crazy notions about, about how the world works. But not everyone is more opinionated or extreme on social media, as Jonathan described. In fact, not every American identifies solely with one political party over the other. You know, in the new book, we make this distinction between fluid and fixed, right? The fluid are the liberals, the Democrats, the fixed are conservatives, the Republicans. And they together comprise, well, depending on how we slice this, a half to two-thirds of the electorate, right? And then in the middle, there's still a substantial chunk of Americans who answer those questions in different directions, and we call them mixed, and they see the world differently from the fluid and the fixed, but they are forced to take sides, you know, it, because, first of all, we're a two-party system, and second of all, the nature of our political divide nowadays doesn't allow for somebody to occupy a middle space. And so you might just be two degrees over to the fixed side, but that becomes your team also. Yeah. And the other thing that I'll add um, about this, because it's such an important point that Jonathan's making, not everybody has a fixed worldview or a fluid worldview. There are lots of people in the middle who are mixed. But you know, think about Republicans these days. You know, most, maybe, you know, half of them have the, the, this worldview that we identify, but, uh, you know, another half of them don't. Donald Trump, to them, can't be the most attractive of individuals. Um, you know, uh, he's much more extreme in his approach on many issues. They can't be 100% happy with this, but at the same time, 90% of Republicans feel compelled to say that they approve of the job he's doing as president. Why? Well, because suggesting otherwise, you know, suggests that there's something wrong with their side. So they, they're, they're on the team no matter whether they love him or not. And yet they still go along with him because the Democrats are so bad um, in, their, in their mind. Um, you know, they are so unlike them from a worldview perspective. And so it just hardens the team membership aspect of politics these days. There's no immediate solution to the divide in our nation's politics or how many Americans have built up stereotypes of each other. But Mark and Jonathan hope that their research and the publication of Prius or Pickup can help educate readers to work towards a more thoughtful approach to politics. I think... I think we both feel like we are really stuck in this dynamic uh, that we've been, we've been talking about. When I think about what I would like people to get out of this, and this is very much aspirational, and I don't claim to be doing this myself, is greater self-awareness can lead to greater empathy. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Well Said, the official storytelling podcast from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. 
Do you have an idea for an upcoming episode of Well Said? Send us a tweet at UNC or shoot us an email at wellsaid at unc.edu. You can find Well Said wherever you get podcasts. So we hope you'll subscribe and leave us a review. See you next week.